Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Anybody out there willing to take either Dolphins or Bills for your Survivor pool? Jay, how many people are left on Survivor Island? I'm not. So, have you looked at the numbers lately? We need to provide updates for the peeps. I don't have the exact. Last time, it was we lost a lot in week one. Um, a lot of, that was the last time you checked? Was week one? No, I had the exact numbers then. I don't have the exact ones at the moment. Um, but I just know that we did lose a lot during week one with the Chiefs, I believe. Um, I, I, let, me, let me try to get the exact numbers. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was down to a, a few dozen when I looked last weekend, and that was before Jacksonville. But I can imagine there are a lot of people who lost out on both Jacksonville as well as Dallas. So those were two picks that uh, probably took, uh, not probably, that I'm sure took out a lot of people. Once again, I don't make it out of the first month. I managed to get to week six last year. I've never been beyond week six. Uh, And this year I'm out in week three. Thanks, Jaguars. I need to be keeping receipts myself. I can't imagine there's anybody who is willing to go Bills or Dolphins because this is not only the premier game of the week in the AFC East, but it's also a game that could be a battle of wills. I know something's got to give, and I'm fascinated to find out what. And I'm not referring to the Dolphins scoring 70 points. Tua Tungvaloa has barely been hit this season. Barely been hit. He's taken a page out of Tom Brady's book. And really, any quarterback who wants to stay upright and wants to stay healthy recognizes you get rid of the ball. Get rid of the ball quickly. Even if it means you have to throw it away rather than get hit and and take sacks over and over again. And even without Jalen Waddle last week, the Dolphins were able to score 70 points for a bunch of reasons. They dominated in the trenches. They're they're not going to do this against Buffalo, but they dominated the trenches. They pushed the Broncos around, both offensive and defensive lines. They established the run. They controlled the ball. And by running the ball over and over again, that ensures that your quarterback doesn't get hit. The last I heard, and this was going into week four, so it's something along the same lines. Tua was the quarterback in the NFL who'd been hit the least. And that doesn't mean sacked. That means get hit. As in no defender has actually been able to take a shot at him. It's very rare. And when you not only have a quarterback with a ton of time to throw, who's protected, who's confident, who has room and space to operate, 
They only ever faced two third downs last week. They were perfect in the red zone. But to be able to rush the ball for 350 yards, that means your quarterback is not facing pressure and he's not getting hit. So that's a key. The offensive line is so important to everything that the Dolphins want to do. And it's funny to say, because of course it's critical to anything that an NFL team wants to do, regardless of which team. You have to have an offensive line. Even with a quarterback who's mobile, you need an offensive line for so many reasons. And it's working to near perfection for the Dolphins right now. But against the Buffalo Bills, it's a different challenge because the Bills are also physical and tough up front. They do get a good break on the ball. They do get a good pass rush. Oh, gosh, I miss Vaughn Miller. I can't wait for him to return. But against the Commanders last week, they put him under so much pressure that we got to see a flustered Sam Howell for the first time. Not only did he throw four interceptions, one of them was a pick six. And he was under siege. Nine sacks and 15 hits in addition to that. I mean, this is supposed to be a quality O-line for the commanders, but it could not hold up against the Bills. So something's got to give. After the Bills lost to the Jets in that season opener overtime, remember they the Jets lost Aaron Rodgers and then for a brief second there, euphoria as they were able to win in overtime against the Bills. And the Bills really left a lot of opportunities out there without capitalizing. That was something that, and, and we know Josh Allen had the four turnovers, but those are missed opportunities. However they present themselves, they were wasted chances. But since then, they've had 75 points in their two wins. And to have five takeaways and nine sacks against the Commanders, that's saying something. It's a statement. Of course, so is 70 points. (laughs) I don't... I don't see any way that it's as high scoring as what they've enjoyed the last two weeks. But heck, the NFL makes a fool out of me and everybody else routinely. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. It's interesting to hear Josh Allen and others downplay the game. Because yes, it is just one of 17 that you have to play. But it's also a divisional game. And as the Bills are the team to beat in the AFC East, they don't want to lose their first two division games, and that's what would happen. They would have losses to the Jets and the Dolphins if they don't come through on Sunday. We're not going to put any more emphasis on one more than the other. Um, But again, we understand, you know, it's a team that's playing well. They're coming into our house. Um, the implications of, of what happened last year, you know, obviously in the in the playoffs. So they, they want to right their wrong too, and we got to be prepared for their best punch. 
So they won against the Raiders and the Commanders. And the Commanders, at that point, hadn't absorbed a loss. But it was extremely lopsided. Why couldn't I pick the Bills in the survivor pool? What is wrong with me? But this is their game against Miami at home, as Josh Allen points out. And so you want to take care of business on your own field because the division is tough. Even if you don't believe it all in the Jets offensively with Zach Wilson, they've got a defense. And so the Bills will have to play that defense again. They've already gotten up close and familiar. You have the Dolphins twice still and the Patriots twice. Again, you may think the Patriots have going are going all of nowhere, but it's not as though they aren't going to put up a real stiff fight against the Bills. Right now, I think the most important thing in any of these divisions where they're expected to be competitive or where they are stacking up to be competitive is you have to protect your home field. Because if you can protect your home field right away, you're already a leg up. At the very least, it keeps you in the game. It keeps you in the running if you can protect your home field. The Dolphins defense, while I wouldn't say it's as good as the Bills, they're definitely looking for takeaways. And they're much more prepared this year. Vic Fangio is their new defensive coordinator. And so Stevon Diggs says they've spent a bunch of time watching film and prepping for this defense. They got the same guys in the back end. You know, we still, we've been playing them for some years now. Um, they switched up their defense a little bit as far as like uh, with DC. I know they got a different D, D coordinator. He runs it a little differently. He mixes it up a lot, uh, a little bit of consistently inconsistent. But uh, we went over the tape today as far as like coverages and stuff that they like to play. So, you know, uh, it's going to be it's gonna be key to just be, be at your spot. Like as a receiver, be at your spot. Be where you're supposed to be, when you're supposed to be there. And then you got to make the play on the ball, of course. But, um, you know, they're still... They still, there's still a lot of turnovers out there. They're making a lot of plays on the back end, and you know they got a hell of a defense. So, even their front four, like we've been, we've been seeing some of the best front fours in the league, you know and uh, week through week, through, from the first week to week now. So for me, I just be like, um, I'm battling not only the DBs but the D line. Stephon Diggs on one sideline, Tyreek Hill on the other sideline. Jalen Waddle has cleared concussion protocol, is expected to play. Raheem Mostert, what he accomplished last week. Devon Achan, that's how he wants it pronounced, was the Offensive Player of the Week for his four touchdowns. There's a lot of guys who can, I don't want to say freelance, but can create opportunities and openings. And with all the time in the world that Tua has to throw, if that's what he chooses to do, that's how they call it up, he's got plenty of weapons. But so does Josh. And Josh is hard to bring down, not only because he's mobile, but because he's so big. He's real strong. He's actually formidable. I'm pretty sure he likes to hit people himself. If he has the opportunity. (laughs) It was pretty impressive last year what the Dolphins did when they used four different quarterbacks, right? 
Tua was in and out of the lineup a couple of different times. They had to to go through the revolving door. But Mike McDaniel's clearly shown that he's a creative, innovative, offensive mind. And he keeps defenses off balance, which I think is brilliant. It's part of the brilliance. Is that you're kind of guessing from snap to snap and play to play. And he's just got an uncanny knack for knowing how to hit the defense, how to get to the defense with something they don't expect. I love it. The speed, the timing in which we play, the pre-snap motions, the scheme that Mike sets up for us, how we play, we, we go out, we play fast. Um, you know, and then the communication, things that we wanted to work on this offseason, it's an accumulation of, of a lot of things, but I think all those things, they, they have to play a role in in this offense. Uh, if not, it, our offense doesn't go. Of course, there's Tyreek Hill, who enjoys making it up as he goes along. I think he likes to ratchet up the degree of difficulty. Hey, Cheetah, let's get it, baby. And it's always all about him, too, which is funny. But you got to give him credit for this. Right now, he can run circles around most DBs. And it's not so much that they aren't fast. I mean, great that he's one of the fastest in the NFL. But because he doesn't stick to his script, so to speak, because he's always looking to find different ways to ditch his defenders, (laughs) Because of the various ways that he can get open, oh, yeah, it's a challenge. And then you run two guys at him. It's like then he just takes it personally. It's hard to double him. Now, you you need to keep help deep. And by help, I mean actual help, not just some rover who's in the middle of the field. I mean actual help over the top. But Tyreek is is tough not just because of the speed and not just because of the connection with Tua, but because he just, he's out there finding holes, finding opportunities. You can see his eyes light up when he feels like he's got you. Coach is giving giving me the freedom, you know, to just, you know, play with the offense a little bit. Um, And I'm just having fun with it. And each and every day that I practice, man, I'm I'm just enjoying it, you know. Finding like small nuances that I can get better, and I mean I'm, I'm loving it each and every day. Are you ready for a couple of numbers? These would be Dolphins versus Bills nerd alerts. I mean they're gaudy numbers for the Dolphins. Padded, of course, by last week's 726 yards and 70 points. But here's what I mean when I say something's got to give. The Dolphins right now through three games are averaging. 550 yards. That's what they're averaging. I'll bet there are teams out there that don't do that in two games. And they're averaging 550. That's tops in the NFL. I'm sure you're surprised. Also, Tua leads the NFL in passing yards. Right now, averaging 362 per game. Per game. Remember in the opener, he had 477. That was against the Chargers, right? And this past week, 309 passing yards. Only eclipsed by a 
ground game that racked up 350. But on the flip side, the Bills only give up 250 yards per game. Jay, that is a 300-yard difference between what the Dolphins are averaging right now and what the Bills give up. That's, I mean, that's mind-boggling. Let me say it again. The Dolphins average 550 yards per game. The Dolphins give up 253. Sorry, the Bills give up 253. A 300-yard difference. Yeah, that's insane. (laughs) This is, I mean, it's going to be a battle of wills in some ways. But the toughness. The aggressiveness, who who can dictate here? I think momentum is really fleeting in the NFL. It can change from drive to drive. But if the Bills come up with a couple of big stops defensively early on, that crowd will be over the top. Not that the Dolphins are intimidated by that. They're not. But if you can snuff a couple drives out early, It'll give your defense confidence. And also, the Bills need to extend drives because this is going to be a game in which the Dolphins put pressure on the Bills' defense. The Bills' defense can't be out there the majority of the time losing the time of possession battle. Bills cannot lose the time of possession battle on their own field because their defense will wear out. With the ways the Dolphins can hurt you, you need to give your defense plenty of breaks, which means your offense has to stay on the field and possess the ball. You can't allow the Dolphins to trump you with 10 to 12 minutes time of possession by running the ball. And both these teams want to run the ball. That's going to be fascinating as well. All right, one more stat. Mention the fact that Tua doesn't get hit, right? He's, he. I think he's been sacked one time. I'll go and look, but... The Bills have a dozen sacks already in three games. They're averaging four sacks per game. If they can get to Tua that much, it changes everything. Sheer will. This is going to be one heck of a game. Did I just sell it as the after hours game of the week? Do you think I did? like money. (laughs) We get to hear from Devon Achan because... You picked him not only for your Monday MVP last week, he was the AFC Offensive Player of the Week, according to the NFL, and he also had the fourth touchdown, his fourth touchdown, that put the Dolphins at 70 points that you all picked as the TD of the week. And he says there is more than enough work to go around. We have a very talented running back group. I feel like, you know, we all capable of making plays and and doing the exact same thing. I feel like it doesn't matter which one of us you put in. I feel like we all can go out there and do the same thing. Like we all, can, we all can battle off each other. We all compete at practice, but we all know like if one of us going in, we we know that that person is ready and he can go out there. and He capable of winning the game for us. Raheem Mostert had four touchdowns, and then Devon Achan had four touchdowns. It's the only game in history in which a team has scored five rushing touchdowns and five passing touchdowns. Will that happen against the Bills? Hell no. They're not scoring 70 points. They might not even score half of that. No, there's no way. I'm not saying they can't win. I'm not saying they won't have some dazzling moments, some some jaw droppers because they're that talented. But this is in 
upstate, well, western New York, not upstate, in western New York, and if the Bills defense can come up with a maybe a takeaway, a big sack, a couple of huge stops, oh, that would make such a difference early on. But on the flip side, if Tyreek Hill breaks out for a 50-yard touchdown through the second level of the defense on the opening drive, que lo que, papi, welcome to Miami 305. You're in for it. A 300-yard difference between what the Dolphins average and what the Bills give up. I know it's only through three games, but it matters. Something's got to give, baby. What is the after-hours game of the week? (laughs) Is that unfair to ask it after all that? What is the after-hours game of the week? On Twitter, after-hours CBS, on our Facebook page too. Dolphins and Bills fans, are you fired up? I can't wait. Actually, was, well, when I picked Bob up at the airport, he wasn't talking at all. And I said something along the lines of, how are you? Are you okay over there? You're not saying much. Oh, I didn't know I was allowed to talk during the football game. Stop. <laughs> I swear. I swear he said that. That's insanely respectful, though. And my response was, oh, it's a blowout. Don't worry. I don't need to listen to the rest of it. <laughs> Anyway, he actually wasn't talking for that, that is reason. Too funny. He's the best. Anyway, so I will have to let him know that th- that rule actually applies on Sunday during the Bills and Dolphins. <laughs> Poor guy. Poor guy. All right. On Twitter, A Law Radio, our Facebook page, our YouTube channel. We're glad to have you with us. <laughs> uh, we'll pivot a little bit here and we will. Hmm. We'll give you an update on the Ryder Cup because we actually have our direct TV coverage right now. And as I know it's not one of the after hours games of the week options, game of the week options, but Justin Jefferson, he needs to be heard. You all need to hear him. He's salty. He's salty and he's fun. It's a game between 0-3 teams. That's not what the Vikings had in mind. I got to write my... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. CBS Sports Minute. Pardon me. Pardon moi. 
It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. I don't make the decisions. It doesn't... Uh... Everybody had an opportunity to get there. I mean, I had the same opportunity as every other live player, and I'm here. So, um, play better. It's always the answer. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. I hope Brooks Kepka gives that pep talk to the American contingent that is on the course right now because they definitely need to play better. That is the answer. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. If you don't know how this works, there are team competitions worked into the first two days of the Ryder Cup. So foursomes and four balls. Uh, They have the morning sessions and the afternoon sessions. And the first session is already underway in Rome. And right now with four matches in progress, only one of them is even close. The number one player in the world, Scotty Scheffler, but he struggled this year with putting. So he's matched up with Sam Burns of the of the United States, who is a real good putter, one of the best in on the PGA, one of the best in the world. Except right now they're trailing the European team that features John Rahm by four through 13. So that match is nearly over if they don't come up with some kind of momentum. Another one of the matches, the Europeans are up three. And they're already in the back nine. Ricky Fowler and Colin Morikawa, they're trailing by three, also on the back nine. The only one that's even close, Patrick Cantlay and Xander Schauffling, right now are only trailing Rory McIlroy and Tommy Fleetwood by one, meaning by one hole. And they're still, they're about to make the turn. So they're the last of the four matches. Either side needs 14 and a half points to win the Ryder Cup. Let's just say for the sake of argument that the Europeans maintain their leads in each of these foursomes. They've already got four points. It would be four nothing after this morning session. And there is no Brooks Kepka, the only live player who's on the Ryder Cup team. He's not out there. And interesting choice, too. By Zach Johnson, the captain of Team USA, to not use Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas, who paired together, I think have eight wins in their Ryder Cup tenure together. They're eight, two, and one, maybe. I'm not sure if there's a tie in there, but they have an overwhelmingly positive record and outcome together, but they're not competing. And I don't know if that's Zach Johnson wanting to be careful, wanting to protect the team. We heard that it was about chemistry. It was about those two guys really having a feel for team golf and they play so well together and their combination is a winner. Oh, right now they're showing the Coliseum. Oh, that's super cool. Some aerial shots of the Coliseum even as USA rejoins its coverage. Uh, no, the golf course is not there, but <laughs> they are near Rome. Anyway, those two, Spieth and Thomas, 
Well, not Spieth, but Thomas is considered a, a weak link. Really, he's had a horrific year, especially in the majors. But he was put on the team because he and Jordan have a great partnership, and they've been really dominant together. But they're not out there, and neither is Brooks Kepka. Though, we'll see what happens in the afternoon matches. Right now, Europe is more than a leg up, but still, there are plenty of holes to go. On Twitter, A Law Radio. On our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Congratulations to the Baltimore Orioles. Two years after losing 110 games, they now have 100 wins and the ALE's title. We took you inside their locker room celebration a little bit earlier. And while the Atlanta Braves may be a little more tempered in their celebrations, they have clinched home field throughout the postseason as long as they're alive. And what a year for Matt Olson. A cool milestone for him on Thursday, but just as importantly, and, and not really for the Braves, more for the, for the Cubs, the Braves sweep the Cubs. And now Chicago's in trouble. Marcus Stroman, he can't figure out why they're free-falling, so we'll hear from him. Yeah, it's becoming a dire situation with, what, three days to go, except for maybe the Marlins. This is crazy. If you guys heard about what the Marlins are going through, they are ticked. I actually believe they might accuse the Mets of doing this on purpose. I don't know, though. Mets and Marlins aren't really a rivalry. They're the same division, but I wouldn't call them a rivalry. There's roots to this. All Maybe right. From, yeah. We'll talk about it. Is it just a case of the tarp wasn't put down quickly enough? Or is there something else to it? Ooh. That's the Twilight Zone. Do, 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 do. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Riley going to take off here. Three and two, two down. There goes Austin. Pitch on the way. Driven down the right field line towards the pole for the record. It's a home run. And a 70-year record has fallen here at Truist Park. Matt Olson just set the club record for RBIs in a season on his 54th home run of the year, and the Braves have the lead. 2-1 to one Atlanta. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. We are heading into the fulcrum, and the Atlanta Braves are leading the way. Woo! 
Yes, the Baltimore Orioles are a cool story, and they have 100 wins two years after losing more than 100. Keep your eyes on them. Obviously, you cannot ignore the Dodgers because of all their experience and how dangerous they have been in the postseason. They're always dark horses that are flying under the radar. Could Milwaukee or Minnesota make some noise this year? Think about the Phillies last year. They're a wild card again. What they did in running all the way to the World Series and along the way upsetting the Braves. But when you look at this Atlanta team from, I would say right now he's the front runner for the MVP, Ronald Acuna, the first 40 home runs, 70 stolen base season, to then Matt Olson who's only been a Brave for a couple of years, but quietly has become one of the most productive players in all of baseball. And it's funny, too, because I I really do feel like it's quiet. It's not that you don't know what he's capable of, but it's just not a whole lot of fanfare around Matt Olson. 136 RBIs you hear there on the Braves radio network to go along with his 54 home runs. That is a new franchise record for a relatively new Brave. I think it's cool. Obviously, um, you know, some of those guys up there are people that I grew up watching, being a Braves guy and um, idolizing. So uh, I think when you are in the middle of the season, you don't really think about it too much. You just carry on. But, uh, yeah, maybe uh, get in the offseason and and enjoy a beer over it. Pretty special. You know, I hope he's able to to soak it in and – and uh, enjoy that moment because, um, you know, he, he, he earned that one. Oh, yeah. He earned all 136 of them. I actually wondered if you might get voters split on who's more valuable for the Braves. Is it Acuna, who's got his own piece of history, or is it Matt Olson, who's now setting records for the franchise? Sometimes, and I'm not saying it'll happen in this case, maybe it won't, but sometimes you have voters who can't decide which player is more valuable to a great franchise during a great season like the Braves, and then they end up splitting the votes because there's really no consensus on who's more valuable. And I'm not sure. How how do you determine who's more valuable to the Atlanta Braves? That'd be one hell of a poll question. And so that'll be a debate the voters are either making for themselves, amongst themselves, or just individually having to decide and wrestle who's more valuable. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Remember, Matt Olson's the guy they brought in when it looked like they might not be able to re-sign Freddie Freeman. And he's not Freddie, okay? They're two completely different guys. But I love that Matt, as I say, has quietly become this bedrock, this cornerstone for Atlanta. And he makes a great point about where he is in the lineup and who he's got in front of him. But you know what? There are a lot of cleanup hitters in Major League Baseball who are not as productive as he is. So he deserves the credit. I look at myself as a guy who's supposed to drive runs in, being a a first baseman in the middle of the order. Um, You know, you can't drive runs in if there aren't guys on base and – I mean, between you know, the majority of the year, I've I've been in the four hole with Ronald, Ozzy, and Riley in front of me. That's a pretty good threesome there up top to 
to uh, you know have guys on base and and give me a chance to to drive runs in. So um, you know I, I don't really feel like it's a, a me thing that much. Uh, more of a, a product of of the opportunity these guys are giving me. How can you not like this guy? How can you not root for this guy? He almost seems like the antithesis of your typical highly paid superstar athlete. And there are obviously some who don't desire the spotlight and don't care whether or not they get the credit and want to deflect. But man, what a move by the Atlanta Braves to bring him in, even before they knew about Freddie Freeman for sure, though, again, the writing may have been on the wall. To be able to sub in one for the other It's it, yeah. It's got to be one of the better swap outs, quote unquote, in all of baseball history. <laughs> it's after hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. Now, congratulations to the Braves. They've got best record overall. They will have home field throughout. They swept the Cubs. So let's look at the other side of this: the National League Wild Card race. And we know the Phillies have already clinched the top wild card, just like they had a wild card last year. They actually. Prefer it this way, I think. So looking at their performance in Atlanta, the Cubs recognize not only did they have to watch the other team celebrate history multiple times, they were kind of ticked, or at least the radio team was, over the tribute video to Acuna and him picking up the base in the middle of the game. Can't you wait till it's over? Yada, yada, yada. But what did Brooks Kepka tell us? We all have the same opportunity. If you don't like it, play better. That's always the answer. Play better. Well, the Cubs were in the driver's seat in the wild card, but they're not anymore, and it's become a dire situation. We obviously didn't play well enough to win any baseball games. Um, Weren't able to come through, um, obviously, when it mattered. And, uh, yeah, it's definitely a, a frustrating series for us. Things that don't feel like they're going our way at all. So I feel like everything that could be going wrong is going wrong. So, um, like I said, hopefully watch it on this trip, and hopefully uh, luck starts to be in our favor in Milwaukee. Ooh, now see, Marcus Stroman had me at the feels like nothing's going our way. We're kind of scuffling right now. Obviously a rough time of the year to be scuffling. But don't give me the luck thing. What is that? Luck has nothing to do with it. You mean to tell me the Braves are just lucky for the way they won all three games? The way they swept your rear ends? No. That, that's not lucky. And it's it's really, to me, luck is... I don't believe in luck, actually. I know it's an unpopular opinion. But whatever. It's my opinion, so it's fine. A lot of people do believe in luck. But over the course of a 162-game season, there's not enough luck to get you where you want to go. Luck, maybe, is good for a tricky bounce. uh, I don't know. A goofy moment or play. The ball doesn't do what you want it to do. Or it does, right? It bounces back back to you off the wall, who, whatever, just make up your own scenario where you think luck is involved. But luck doesn't account for 162 games. Luck doesn't account for, in the case of the Braves, 103 wins. And the Cubs, 
because they're locked in a battle in the National League, they could not afford this. So the Diamondbacks are in the second spot right now. And the Marlins are in the third spot. But we we need to talk about the Marlins. The Cubs are a half game back. The Reds are a game and a half behind them. All right, so your weekend series... This is tough for the Diamondbacks. They play the Astros this weekend. For the Cubs, they're going to need some help now. Right? Because they're on the outside looking in. And their weekend series against the Brewers, who already won the division. So maybe, maybe, the Brewers are lining up the rotation and not worried about it. The Marlins definitely are, but they're not in a... This is rough. Okay, so if you hadn't heard the flap from New York, the Mets did not put the tarp on the field when they were away, right? So the the team was away. The grounds crew either wasn't paying attention to the forecast. I just don't want to believe they did it on purpose. Did not take care of their grass, their field. Was this Wednesday? And Ophelia's been parked off the Atlantic coast now for a week. So we've been inundated by rain. Trust me. I'm getting the same in my neighborhood. We're getting the same thing in New York again today. The Marlins are mad because the field conditions were so poor that they couldn't play. Was it Wednesday they couldn't play? No, it was Tuesday they couldn't play. Wednesday they had a doubleheader, right? Right. So Wednesday they have to play two. Thursday, because of the Ophelia's rotation, she's back again. It starts pouring. They have to suspend the game in the ninth inning. The Marlins are PO'd, as in, like, can't believe this is happening again. Why? Because they can't stay for the weekend. They've got another series that starts on Friday. So the Marlins had to leave town with a suspended game in the ninth inning. If I remember, they're up by a run, right? Yeah, it was two to one in the ninth. Yeah. So now they're on their way to Pittsburgh, or they're in Pittsburgh by now. They get to Pittsburgh. They have to play a three-game series in Pittsburgh. And if there's a tie anywhere, they have to go back to New York on Monday to finish a suspended game in the ninth inning just to potentially get into the playoffs. Not to mention they didn't officially call this game until about mm, maybe midnight Eastern time, a little after. Right. So they waited for hours hoping there would be a window to get the game finished they could not, so the Marlins couldn't even get an early start getting to Pittsburgh. So they probably didn't even get to Pittsburgh until 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, Earliest, Eastern yeah. time. And now they've got to play three in Pittsburgh and hope that they don't have a tiebreaker where they have to turn around and go back to New York on Monday just to try to get into the wild card game or wild card series. <laughs> Did the Mets do it on purpose? No. <laughs> it's After Hours CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.